How does this suck? How does this suck? <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. We're back! Hey. Yeah. After a week! After We're a week! I feel, a week. I, feel, I feel good! I feel ready a, to go! A vacay from the Sincast. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It was, was one week off. Uh, we had a, a, a Cal Ripken like streak there. Uh, we did going, going on and uh now we're ready to start anew um yeah. another uh, five years yeah exactly <laughs> um uh so it's a ba- it's almost another sort of basic ass episode hey. uh, is anybody pissed off about anything i feel like i'm taking crazy pills i'm as mad as hell you've never seen me very upset i want to hear jeremy's because i'm so curious about one part of of if you're going to talk about the thing the the the, the, the backyard airplanes yes i'm okay, very so, curious about that so i need somebody who listens and odds are it will be one of my cousins uh i need somebody who knows shit about private airstrips private airfields uh because in the last week and a half <clears throat> almost every day there's been a plane uh, looks like a single engine, two passenger, small little plane um, <clears throat> that is like north by northwesting my property as he goes over it, and then out back behind the trees appears to land in in the the property behind the trees behind my house. And I look it up on Google Earth and Google Maps, and there's there is a long grass stretch there. But the nearest registered airport is even the private ones I can find are five to ten miles away. Hmm. So I think I've got a dude in my neighborhood with a plane and enough land that's just taking off and landing. And that would be cool if he wasn't like like Top Gun buzzing my fucking house. Like I I think I told you guys last night I could hit a nine iron and hit this plane. That's how low That's to insane. the ground he is. That's insane. Um, and the only other oddity to, to declare, and this adds to the criminal activity angle that we have playfully discussed, is that about five days ago, somebody jumped out of that plane over the tree line and parachuted. Okay, that's the weird part that, <laughs> I, that I was very, very from, concerned From about. very low to the ground, 500 feet. Maybe Did he thousand. tuck and roll? Did he actually have time? I don't to know. He landed on the other side of these trees. Um, this is all happening probably, I don't know how to judge distance, three or four football fields away from my house. Um, <clears throat> so close, but not close enough that I can see detail. Plane does a thing, appears to land behind the trees, and about 10 minutes later, a helicopter shows up, and it is brown and off-white, the colors of the state police of Tennessee. And it circles that area for about five minutes. Also, very low to the ground, could hit with a nine iron. Buzzes my house and then flies northwest off to somewhere else. 
So I, I'm willing to entertain theories of criminal activity happening there, whether it might be drugs or just you're not allowed to jump out of an airplane and somebody reported that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need to know aviation laws and whether if you have enough land, if you're just allowed to take off and land your plane and fly as low as you want over your neighbor's house. Am I, am I, I know from when I bought this house that technically I own the land and everything above it up yeah. to yeah. a certain elevation and everything below it down to the core of the earth. <clears throat> It I never really small. thought about it that way. But it gets smaller when right. you get there, but that's that's what I was told. <clears throat> so I'm within my rights to go ahead and hit some nine irons at this guy, right? Oh, yeah. That would probably resolve the situation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm thinking it might escalate the situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want, my first step here is to find information. And if I can find an explanation that makes sense from the listeners, I'll probably let it go. The next step would be to call the non-emergency line of the police department and say – is this legal? Um, what's going on here? I don't want my house Dude. to get crashed into. Um, How fucking crazy would this be if this was like DB Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll drop some money on you. Yeah. <laughs> It'd probably be burned. Like, um, just think about how, what of a, not to, not to detract from your story, but what a media circus that would be. If you if you're just like I don't know if this is legal, this is something weird going around my house. Blah blah blah. I don't have any other idea of what it is. And then someone investigates and they find you know ninety year old DB Cooper or some right. shit. You know. Right. Uh, oh, you're talking uh, about the actual DB Cooper. The actual yeah. DB Cooper. <laughs> I will say that got, one of my neighbors is a hotshot lawyer in Nashville, and I don't feel like. And and he's got a big spread and kids and horses and I don't think he would like tolerate some kind of illegal playing activity behind us unless he's in on it. I don't yeah. know. Um, there could be quite the little fun conspiracy going on. My guess is uh, it's much more mundane and uh, it's probably just a drunk guy with you know a big field. And, uh, I don't know, man. All right. So the the it's like Chris's uh, backyard trash dump mystery, yeah. Yeah. which I don't know if we ever solved, did we? No, I don't think so and it hasn't yeah. it hasn't happened much that I have been able to t- ascertain since. So all right, you've got okay, you've got the low plane activity, mm-hmm. you've got the helicopter, mm-hmm. you've got the fucking guy jumping out of the fucking plane, yep, yep. base yep. jumping basically, yeah, like that's almost impossible to deploy a parachute that low right and then you've got the lawyer besides you i i i would i would probably not call the cops because then you'd be a knock and you don't yeah. want to be a knock a knock because then then you'd you'd have somebody targeting you you'd have some you know weird i don't think the cops would going. go out there and say yo jeremy narked on you buddy i think they might go out there and say hey you're not allowed to do this but 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 whoever's doing that is going to assume it's got to be one of the neighbors, the one that I fly over. The one trying to annoy. These, yes, yes. Uh, but the uh, the the parachuter is why did he parachute? If they're landing right there, why would he parachute? Why yep. would he have to parachute? Yep. Did he parachute behind the trees or yep. into your yard? No, on the be- backside, on the other yard. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't even get to see him hit you the ground. You got to go out there, man. You got to go out there. That's a long ways, man. I'm tired. I'm lazy. But I do have some like basic n- uh, night vision. Get, uh, get, get uh, one of them uh, uh, golf carts or the ATVs. Right. Or, I'll uh, just I, like I'll that. just Amazon one of those things here uh, sure. in the next four hours. And then... You got a grill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> grill, if you don't remember, <laughs> took a month and went to fucking Alabama. <laughs> no, grab yourself an ATV. Or or bar, I'm sure uh, your your boy next door has one, right? Um, but he may be in on it, so never mind. <laughs> Grab yourself an ATV, rent one, go exploring back there. Just be like, hey, I'm looking around. If you run into any unsavories, and uh, yeah, y- you got to investigate this. Bring your bow and arrow. I will. I will address this topic again. I do have a bow and arrow. You'll be like Katniss with it strapped to his back. Mm-hmm. Don't move. I shall hit you with the – my bow can't even shoot fast enough to use for hunting. That's how mm-hmm. cheap my bow is. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, I will, I will address this again once I have more information, either from listeners or from my own uh, reconnaissance. And mm-hmm. uh, We may just have to send in an advanced scout team and – you know, it's outside, and we can spread out. I think Chris and I can go do recon with you. Mm-hmm. All right. All that right. would be – I would. this is right up my alley. I'd love Give me right. a chance to use that eye okay. black I bought. Get mm-hmm. uh, get three ATVs. Have three. them ready. All right. Three. Three. Gas go them up. <laughs> Make sure they're all cast up. And, uh, and we'll drink a couple of beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This yeah. is sounding like a worse and worse idea. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll go out and explore some possible drill drill some steaks. <laughs> and go out some steaks. Make some make some funny comments about Krista Chenoweth and then go. <laughs> um I don't see how this plan doesn't work. It can't fail. <laughs> it's like the burbs, except uh, you know, possibly more dangerous. Yes, but, more. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, like you tell, you're talking about ATVs and stuff like that. You, you, you see these commercials with the the like uh, I guess it's uh, these trucks or whatever that people buy, and they sh- always show the trucks going around like the woods and deserts and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that something yeah. that people fucking do? Oh yeah, <laughs> they drive around oh, yeah. mountains and shit like with no yes. roads, off road. Yes. They do that. They uh, I don't. Did you have this at your high school? My high school. After the weekend, every Monday, the the ones with pickup trucks, especially the high set pickup trucks, would would compare how much mud they had on their their truck because they mm-hmm. went mud bogging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mud bogging the bayou. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that it did. I, I, it's just that like every commercial I see for a, a real tough manly truck always has, and, and and it doesn't have to be manly. It could be a family of four. And it shows them. <laughs> it shows them driving around in like you know non-roaded places. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, no, that's what that's what the the kids in high school would do. They would go off road. They would go out into their their places in Cheatham County or uh, or uh, Bedford County or something like that, and get into the woods and just run around in the woods where there's no roads. And they would hit these creeks, and that's where you get the mud. Mm-hmm. And they would splash up. And yeah, whoever I had the most mud. Whatever. I just didn't know it was common enough that you know you had to put it in every ad about a you know a big truck. You know, it's yeah, like nobody's just driving is, down the freeway. <laughs> yeah, they're not driving down the road. They're just it's like I, I bought this truck so that I could go to you know the you know Bellwitch Caverns or some shit. You know, I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> Elvis Cat. <laughs> um. Uh, my 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 rant is uh is something that have it was something that happened last week uh when uh I was doing uh doing some recycling I uh put uh, my cans and bottles there's a place nearby just cans. yeah just cans it's only cans um but uh there's a place close to TSU that I use that uh that uh, can drop off a lot of uh, recyclable stuff and I also had a bag of like yard waste and there's a place further down the street that you can go to, to do the yard waste stuff. And this place, this is advertised. When you look up Nashville recycling and things like that, this place is one of the four places that takes yard waste in the area. And, but when you go to this place and I strongly considering not going here anymore, even before this thing today, well, last week happened, um, it, it just doesn't give, there's no instructions at all you drive into this gravelly uh driveway up to this station where you're supposed to get your car weighed so you get your car weighed and the person in the in the little station's like all right you're good to go and like okay cool uh you go in and like there's all sorts of places where you can put yard waste i mean there's where i've usually been doing it is this one little spot where people you can see people have been dropping bags off and stuff like that I go to that same spot last week. This guy in a bulldozer comes by and he's like, what are you dropping off there? And I was like, well, it's just like yard leavings, stuff like that. It's just a mismatch of stuff like branches and like road <laughs> stuff and all this other crap. I was just like, I don't know. And he goes, well, there's a, he goes, well, there's a, there's a place over there where you drop off leaves. And I was like, uh, okay. And I looked at, and there's like signs that say leaves. And I was like, well, yeah, part of this is leaves, but like there's other stuff in here too. <laughs> it's it's a anyway, potpourri. Yeah. Either way I go, I, I get out and I'm like, so wait a minute. Are you saying this down here? He goes, yeah, go down here. He's like, really? He like has this attitude of like, how do you not know this? Uh. <laughs> and that's what pisses me off. Yeah. I was like, I was like, the it says the, the okay there's a sign that says leaves but what if it's a whole bunch of other stuff what is it just a whole bunch like do you i don't really care you guys can sort it out later i don't really give a shit but um but like i was like so go go follow these signs yeah and after you follow those signs you go out this you go out that other way and i was like okay so i drive down i, I was a, i get in the car to drive and before i can even get in, before i can put the car in reverse this guy in the bulldozer does a big 180 and mm-hmm. like goes right next to my car, like 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 three feet from my car to pick something oh, up with his bulldozer. Like, goes like this and just and just starts picking shit up. And I'm like sitting there going, "You couldn't fucking wait five fucking seconds while I got out of your way to do this." Wow. So I was like, "Whatever," and 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 drove down to where he was. He he told me to do it. Of course, I go down there. There's like two other there's like another bulldozer sitting in the way of whatever this exit he was talking about was sitting there talking to some other guy who's dropping off his stuff and everything i parked pretty far away walked over and and dropped my bag and then left i was like you guys can fucking sort this shit out later i don't give a fuck now 
yeah. uh, got in the car and then I was like, well, I can't get out this way. I guess I could honk at this dude and tell him to get out of my way, but I don't even know what exit the guy was talking about. So maybe this isn't even the right way to go anyway. So I went back the other way and drove past that bulldozer. And I'm sure I looked, I was looking at him. I was like, don't even, I was like, I was sitting there just don't even fucking say anything to me right now. If you, if you, if you like say, yell at me right now, I'm getting out. We're going to come to blows. We may get COVID, but that's fine. You know, fucking, I, I, I don't like it. People I'm, think that, I'm so angry that I will get COVID. I'll get COVID for this. Um, so yeah, I drove, I, you know, I, I drove out the other way, not the way he told me to. And I'm sure he was like cursing me under his breath, whatever. Fuck that guy. Yeah, um, man. Uh, I had a similar situation. I may have even talked about this on the podcast before. Um, when I was moving to New York, uh, I had a, uh, you know, I got a, got a moving truck and drove from Nashville to New York during like, like a, a rainstorm that fucking followed me all the way down. That's gotta be lovely. For 14 hours. Jesus. Uh, and, uh, not knowing all the different rules of New York yet and everything. I tried to go through the Holland tunnel, which is what the, the, the quickest way to get into Queens was from what I could gather at the time and i get into the holland tunnel and and uh they stop me and they say you can't come through here and uh and i think it was it's some sort of 9-11 thing or whatever you can't bring a truck of that size through the holland tunnel such and so forth the guy who tells me that i can't go through says hold on for a second this guy is going to tell you where you need to go fucking raining downpour this cop comes up to me and do, 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 hammers the, the driver's side window. And I'm like, okay. And I rolled it down. He goes, he goes, go that way. And he points, <laughs> he points in the direction. <laughs> and I, I turn towards the front and I look and there is the Holland tunnel. And there is one other spot, like a ramp with a hundred fucking cones lined up in the middle of it. Yeah. basically saying don't go here at all <laughs> and i said i said up this way he goes yeah that way jesus Welcome and uh, <clears throat> well that's exactly when i told the story to other new yorkers they were said the exact same fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself um and uh and so so yeah i ended up driving up this like ramp and avoiding cones and everything and you have to make this like 30 mile drive all the way back down to the lincoln tunnel to do this. jesus wow and uh it's not 30 but you know what i mean it's it after, once you've gotten to new york it's like god damn it you have to drive <laughs> see the city right fucking there yeah <laughs> And then you have to go through Manhattan with a, with a, a moving truck and then find the Queens tunnel and all this other stuff. Um, that's another situation where somebody says, somebody seems to think that you're supposed to know everything. It, I don't yeah. know what it is. I, pretty much every time someone ever has come into a situation where they don't know certain things, I don't think I've, I think I've been exasperated at times when people don't know what to do, but I don't think I've ever gotten to, insta fucking anger because they don't know um i guess i guess if if it's like if you're in a situation where somebody has been you've been with a person for a really long time and you know what they you you, you think they should know what they're doing and then they don't i guess that would piss you off but it's still even then you're just kind of going 
you know, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What you do. Yeah. So I don't yeah. understand this Insta thing where people think you're supposed to know everything, especially like in this fucking yard waste thing where it's like there's no signs, nothing. There's nothing that tells you exactly what you need to do. Airports are bad about that, too. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, TSA agents are just like, how do you not know? When I was going through, uh, let's see, going to Paris, we went out of uh, JFK. No, when I was coming back, uh, we went through JFK mm-hmm. and the TSA line. Uh, so I went through customs. Customs was it couldn't have been nicer. They were just like, go here, go here. I guess because they're used to dealing with people who don't understand English, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And I was like, treat me like a person that doesn't understand mm-hmm. English. Right. And the TSA guys, I had never been through Kennedy, I don't think, at least in the last like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I have no clue where to go. And the TSA agents were just like, get the fuck over here. Go over there. And the other one was like actively fighting with another dude. And I was like, guys, just let's all let's all make this happen together. There's no reason for this. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what part of it is, is they all think every airport's the same. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the problem because not all airports are the same. There was one time I think I was going to Vegas or something and I had a, a, like a light jacket on and I went through the metal detector at like in the Nashville airport, Mm -hmm. but then coming back through the Vegas airport, they were like, you need to take that jacket off. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And, and, And they weren't being dicks about it, but it's like, Every airport has its little different rules, right? So it's not sometimes you can keep your shoes on, sometimes you can't. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes they're really they're willing it they'll build they'll tell you, Oh well, you if you're a child under the age of la la la, whatever, you can, you know, uh you can keep your shoes on or if you're old you like if you're like over seventy six mm-hmm. or something like that, you can keep your shoes on. Um but not everybody knows these rules. Everybody's trying to get to their gate. That's all they know is like my ticket says I'm on this airline and I got to go to this gate. Yes. And that's all you really know when you go to the airport and most We're all time, doing our best. Exactly. <laughs> so just, just deal again, with it, man. yeah, again, that that's probably another welcome to New York moment, but go fuck yourselves. This is <laughs> you know, just because you live in New York and you have to deal with all the stress and everything. And I understand it, you know, after living there for a while, but still it, there ain't no fucking call for that shit. None. <laughs> I agree. Wow. Well, I have a, a movie slash TV related rant. Right. And it came up when I was watching Chris's recommend from the last episode, The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched the entire series, and you're absolutely right. That show fucking rules. I mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect, and you did a good job of explaining it to what, but not spoiling it. Yeah. Um, and uh, had no idea what to expect from Anya Taylor Joy, who gives this very reserved performance, even when she's not reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, and it's strong Emma Stone vibes, by the way, did you get that? Uh, mm-hmm. it may be the red hair, but she gives me a lot of strong Emma Stone vibes that. in this series. See that. Uh, the men in this series are fantastic, including Dudley Dursley, uh, from yeah, uh, right. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the cowboy that she meets, <clears throat> but the first person that teaches her chess is this janitor at the orphanage where she grows up. And 
She goes down. She sees him playing chess. She's a prodigy. She sees the board immediately and is transfixed. She says, I want to play. He says, no, <laughs> girls don't play chess. Oh, Jesus. Right. And then she goes down again. He's like, no, girls don't play chess. And she's like, I know what you did. And, and like last time. No, 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 no. I should rephrase it. She said, I know. I know what moves you made. Hold on. Oh. No, no, no. It, I know what you did on the chessboard. Ah. Uh, and, and he said, uh, no, no, you don't. And she sits down and she does the moves and stuff like that. And it takes forever and it takes forever. And it made me realize the, the, the phenomenon of the reluctant trainer in movies and TV. And it reminded me of Yoda, who's Mm -hmm. bitching at Ben Kenobi's ghost about Mm -hmm. Luke coming to Dagobah, who he obviously knew was coming to Dagobah. Mm -hmm. If he can't sense that a guy that, that strong in the force is coming to his system Mm -hmm. to be trained, then the fuck is up with Yoda. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. He should retire Mm -hmm. his Yoda dumb. Mm-hmm. So like, but, but he's too old. He stays there. So was I, if you remember, fuck you, Yoda. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just, and, and Luke with Ray, same thing. Oh no, I don't want to do it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Miyagi, uh, mm-hmm. Mick, Mick, who is a trainer in, in Rocky. He's a trainer. That's all he does is train boxers. And uh, Rocky's just like, Hey, you know, he, he knows he's got the, the raw talent and he could take a punch and stuff like that, but it takes Creed to call him out. For him to be like, oh, hey, maybe I do want to train you. you know? <laughs> and it's, it came up in the in the Hercules video where uh, Hercules goes over and finds uh, Danny DeVito in the Greek Dagobah system mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. is like, hey, can you train me? He's like, no, I trained Achilles and I trained this guy and mm-hmm. everybody got, got fucked. And I'm like, yeah, just do it. Your your job is to train people. Clint Eastwood in Million Dollar Baby. I can't train you. I really can't train you. That's my mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. train you. Uh, until she decides that she's going to work out a bunch. And he's like, oh, that kid's got spark. Kung I don't Fu understand. Kung Fu Panda. I don't understand why it takes <laughs> trainers so long to say like, you know what? Let's give this kid a shot. I maybe, know the answer maybe. to this. What's the worst? What's the worst that could happen? I know the yeah. answer to this. All right. I think. I think it's conflict. I think mm-hmm. a screenwriter knows that a story needs conflict, and a a very common way to write conflict is uh, human disagreements, uh, interactions between two characters. I think it's just a. Okay, I played baseball when I was a kid. I was really good, except for one thing. Whenever I would swing, I would step in the bucket. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. It's where I like. I'm so afraid of getting hit by the ball. I pull my body out of the bot- batter's box and step in the bucket way over to the left. That basically oh, is I created see. by yeah, all yeah. scaredy cats. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think this is. It's a it's a writing stepping in the bucket. It's an easy way to create conflict w- without having to write it into your plot necessarily. Um, it still sucks think- though. I t- it absolutely su- it's the same exact this is this this is a variation of the character says they're not going to do something over and over and over and then in the next scene they're doing it yeah it's just a variation of creating a cheap moment of conflict and resolution that manipulates most audience members yeah, yeah. but but there's absolutely yes you're you're absolutely right 
But what drives me crazy is the, the, the nonsensical nature of it, though. It doesn't have to be there. There is no if, – if Mick, if, if Mick immediately starts training Rocky, what do you lose in that movie? If uh, Yoda immediately starts training Luke, what do you lose in that movie? If mm-hmm. Miyagi starts immediately training Daniel-san, what do you lose? You don't lose the, anything. The uh, The idea, I think, is that there's a, a sense that you earned a respect of some sort yeah. that got them to that uh, to that point. I agree it's the same movie without it. Uh, except that for some people, it might feel like it, everything happened too easy for the character. It's uh, it's like the Matrix when they make everything perfect, right? Like there needs to be something in there that makes people feel like you've earned whatever you've done. Uh, it's the same thing with uh, the you're late that happens on everything, right? That's like, true. That's true. Every, every single time someone comes into a scene it doesn't matter if the person has been proven to be punctual they will come (laughs) into a room and that person the person that they're meeting always says you're late and i think the reason for that is they have to make it seem like this is a very urgent situation somehow so by saying you're late you know although it happens it happens when you know people are meeting each other at fucking wendy's too so (laughs) you're late and this mm-hmm. is a Wendy's. Yeah. Nah, it, it drives me, me crazy. Like the, the ancient one. I don't understand that one. Like, they, you know they're going to let Doctor Strange in to commentage. Uh, she even says in Endgame when Hulk goes to her, she's like, oh, you're about five years early for him. Like, because he's looking knows, for Doctor yeah. Strange. She knows yeah. he's coming. I mean, it's not like, what does she expect him to give up? Does she think this builds character or something but, like hey, that? It what if do she anything. what if she immediately trains him though, and she knows that it's going to cause problems later? I reckon. She, you know, the one she's time fired those uh, scenarios in her head. I did actually um, list one that I reconsidered uh, with your mentality, uh, Chris, of of earning the respect of Fight Club. Like mm-hmm. it's annoying in Fight Club. Where Jared Leto show or uh, who was the first one? No, the first one is that uh, blonde or the uh, brunette haired guy. Yeah, the Bay Brothers like, guy. Yeah, yeah, where it's just like, no, 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 you know, you're too skinny or whatever it is. And then, uh, then the second one I think is Meatloaf, or the third mm-hmm. one is Meatloaf. Maybe it's it's Jared Leto, but you're, you, no, 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 it's Meatloaf because you're, you're too old, fat man. And then he mm-hmm. leaves, and then Edward Norton brings him back. But then, like, uh, he goes out, and the other recruits, like, ah, you're too old, fat man, and you, you're too blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that makes sense because they stand out there for three days, and then they they earn the respect and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. you know, the the rest of this is just uh, it's so annoying. You would think if you were a master crazy. of something that uh, at least fifty fifty. You would you would want to teach somebody. You would want to mentor somebody, and you know what I mean. Like they they don't all. If have you to make be your way to Camortage to the ancient one to find her, then all right, that you know, it probably will let him in. Probably well, let him in. What's the other the other unwritten thing here too is I think a lot of times these masters are old and they're and they've. And they've been not doing anything for years, and now somebody comes along and interrupts their tranquility and everything. I think that's what happens with Miyagi and Yoda. 
uh, more than anything um, is, is, you know, it's sort of unwritten that they, Hey, they've had this, they've kind of gotten soft and they've gotten kind of uh, used to what's, what's been going on and everything. And now somebody's coming in and just sort of wrecking their whole, like, comfortable lifestyle <laughs> you know with yoda you can also extrapolate the fact that like all the jedi are wiped out and they, they had to go into hiding and now there's this one asshole who wants to get framed <laughs> and 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 he's like what is this one asshole gonna do? damn it i was gonna watch matlock <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly we love you matlock oh yes we do <laughs> i don't understand you you got to meet matlock and you took his pills uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway, my jesus it annoys me oh that's good but queen's gambit by the way absolutely agree absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. jeremy i think you know, mm-hmm. I think this may be a Watchmen thing for you, where you wait out like five years or something like that, and then you watch and you be like, "Hey guys, Queen's Gambit is really good." Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I even saw Dicer say, "If if it wasn't for Watchmen, Queen's Gambit would maybe be what he was saying the best short series or limited series he's ever seen." Um, so yeah, it's a, I, I, I got to get on it for sure. Yeah, there's, there's a, I got I think one, there's a couple of episodes that are that on. are a little bit. I got one. You got to get on. What's that? You want to get on? All right. So we're going to be do uh, recommends and warns. Totes amaze balls. There great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. Yes. Is that okay? I'm sorry. I just no. Do it. Do it. What do I need Um, to jump on? uh, Courtesy of Josh Childs, who emailed me in typical Josh fashion. The name of the show. Period. Watch it. Period. Perfection. Period. So I Google, I watch a trailer, I watched two episodes last night. The show is called The Goes Wrong Show. Mm. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. And this is, uh, I'm putting this on a Middleditch and Schwartz level of laugh out loud, cry laughing. Uh, mm. recommend. This is a group called Mischief Theater. Um, they're a UK comedy troupe they also sometimes go by the fictional the cornley polytechnic drama society there's a lot of meta behind the concept of the show but stay with me the concept is this fictional drama society has been hired by the bbc to do six live half hour plays and everything goes wrong every single time (laughs) and that's the basic concept um there's an episode of Frasier I've talked about before called Ham Radio, where Frasier tries to put together an old-time radio show. Uh, and through interpersonal conflicts and sound effect problems, it all goes off the rails in hilarious fashion. This show is like that episode. It's basically like Frasier meets Monty Python meets The Birdcage. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the best way I've decided to put it. Um, the trailer that I'll send you later is for one where they're – the play is uh, <clears throat> a trial and the curtain opens and the actors learn in that moment that the set constructor has built the set at quarter scale. <clears throat> and so <laughs> they try and get up here into the set and there's a table and they're trying to get their legs under it and get, and there's two lawyers. And finally they both get under this table in these tiny chairs and set it. And the bailiff in the corner goes, all rise. And then they have to <laughs> up and rise. And the judge has to crawl through a tiny window instead of a door. 
<laughs> he picks up his he picks up his uh, hammer, his, ga- his gavel, and it's super tiny. And when he goes to bang it, there's a loud boom. And <laughs> so it's just like the most amateurish, well-meaning theater group. Um, and every play they put on goes wrong, but they have to keep going because it's live television. Um, and I've watched that episode and an episode called The Lodge, where they're putting on a scary horror play. Um, and The Lodge, I was crying. Like, my wife came into the room to see what I was wa- I was crying, laughing at this. Um, I don't want to spoil any more jokes than I have, which is that one clip that got me to watch the series. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, if that sounds funny to you, it's, I promise it's funnier than I'm making it sound. Dude. Um, I'm because- I'm down with that. I've I've had a middle ditch and Schwartz sized hole in my heart since oh. I the third time I watched that. Well, and <laughs> what's great about that? I'm growing. I've only seen two episodes. There's six of them, but it's clear these people are amazing actors because it, first of all, not easy to act like a bad actor, but it's also yeah, not yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not easy to react to unexpected things that you're totally expecting. Um, and I don't know any of these people by name, um, but it's hysterical. I'm going to finish the entire series tonight. Uh, and next week it'll probably be a recommend all over again. Um, (laughs) I had never heard of it. It only came to Amazon prime in August. So you're not too far behind the trend. All the reviews are good. Um, and, uh, it's a double thumbs up, uh, full throated recommend from Jeremy. Nice. That's what we were saying for, uh, Barry, uh, when we were doing the Starting Now podcast, mm-hmm. which you can find on our feed or mm-hmm. on on yeah. iTunes or yeah. whatever, Starting Now, a Barry podcast. Uh, the the whole thing with that is that they're in acting, uh, they're in acting school, and these are really good actors being bad actors, yeah. but yeah. being very convincingly good at being bad, including yeah. Bill Hader. Yeah, and, uh, uh, I think yeah, you're right. That not many actors uh, are very good. You know how these famous actors have said, you know, it's easier to do drama than comedy. They like a lot of dramatic actors have a lot of respect for comedy because they think it's harder. Uh, I think this is a whole another level of difficult comedy to do. Nice, That's a, I'm on the, it. The thing they were talking about with Boogie Nights, uh, Julianne Moore and all them. You yeah. know, PTA was like, you know, uh, you're going to have to act like bad actors in this and you were all great actors. So like, you know, and, and Julianne Moore was basically, I think she had to, she ended up watching some of the old seventies porn and everything like that. And just realizing that there was no, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, she was realizing that there was really no affect to what they were saying, like how, how they would perform, so yeah. like that was what she put into that performance. So like, you know, you see all that, the way the, the, the scenes play out where, you know, you know, Mark Wahlberg comes in and goes, you know, I've, I've been, I've been, a away at war for a really long time. And, and uh, I really just need a job and, and there's been no women or whatever. And she goes, that's <laughs> terrible. You know, she's like, that's <laughs> terrible. You know, <laughs> you know, um, and then she has to be spectacular as herself the rest of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Does she have an Oscar? Yeah. She won for still Alice, I think is what oh, she Oh, that's won. right. That's right. God bless her. Um, 
I, uh, yeah, I have a bunch that have just sort of racked up over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about is the straight story, which I believe, uh, Barrett has seen. Mm. Yes. Uh, David uh, Lynch. Love it. David Lynch, but it's not like a weird David Lynch. <laughs> it's a completely different David Lynch movie. Like this doesn't, doesn't fit into all of the, you know, blue velvet, uh, wild at heart bullshit. Um, uh, this is the, the it's the the title could not be more telling you what it's the straight story. His name, you know, Richard Farnsworth plays a guy with the last name of Straight, mm-hmm. but like it's it, the the title also functions as it's a straight story. It's just this is you know, um. And for David Lynch to make a movie like this is really interesting. I think it's a PG rated movie. Is this the tractor one? The tractor one. I'm going to oh, get that. Oh, the tractor uh, story. How you got gonorrhea? <laughs> yeah. Seinfeld reference. Sorry. I think it might actually be rated G. I'm just going to. Oh yeah. It might be G. Yeah. It's G. Wow. G rated. So like, so yeah. So Richard Farnsworth plays this guy who is, uh, I mean, he's, he's pretty old at this point himself. He's 79, I think when he did this movie. Um, and, uh, and, uh, he, uh, he's, he's in bad health. Uh, his doctor tells him he needs to stop smoking and all that. Of course, the next scene you see him after that, he's smoking. He's, he don't give a fuck. He's old. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he's, he want and he gets news about his brother. His brother has, uh, been in the hospital for a while in uh, Wisconsin. So I think he lives, I think Richard Farnsworth lives in Iowa and then his brother lives in Wisconsin. And uh, he's, because he's old, he doesn't have, a, I don't think he has a driver's license anymore. Even if he did, he can't see very good. Um, so like uh, he has to pull out this old ass tractor that he's been using. It's like a, probably a 1960 version of a tractor. Hmm. Um, and he attaches this big, huge, like mobile home essentially to the back of it. Uh, he doesn't get very far in that. He has to actually get another tractor in the, oh, no. uh, uh, but he's, he's, you know, he's driving down the road and like, you know, going like five miles per hour from Iowa to Wisconsin. And basically the movie, uh, it, the, the, the sort of the, the, the real, uh, enjoyment you probably get out of this movie is of course he has to stop. And of course he has to like camp out and everything. And it seems like every time he camps somewhere, he runs into somebody who either gives him advice or he gives them advice. And those stories are so great uh, Hmm. that he's telling the, the interactions he has with all the different strangers that show up in this movie are just terrific. It's just the way, like, you know how everybody, when that, that, uh, that Mr. Rogers, the, the Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers movie came out Mm -hmm, and everything, mm -hmm. everybody was like, why can't people, you know, be nice anymore and all that. (laughs) The straight story is sort of like that. When you Mm -hmm. watch this, it's just like, just like the, how everybody's sort of like giving these helping hands to this old man who's driving across two States in a tractor. Um, and, uh, and just, just simple things like there's, there's things that I love about this, like about his character where he, uh, he gets taken in by this one family 
And uh, he's like, he's like, I want to, I need to use your phone and, and, and call my daughter. His daughter's played by Sissy Spacek. Um, oh, that's right. That's his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he's, he, he needs to call her. And the guy's like, well, you can come inside and, uh, and use the phone if you want to. And he's like, uh, he goes, actually, if you could, just could you just, could you bring the phone out here and I'll pay you for whatever. He's like, don't worry about it, man. He's like, and so he, he uses this phone for a while and like the, they go into the, the house, the guy's talking to his wife and saying, I could drive this guy to his, to, to wherever he's going. I don't, it's not a, not a big deal. Drive it like two hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. After he's done with that conversation, he comes out, the phone's just lying neatly outside the front door with like $10 lying on top. Oh. And, 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 <laughs> and he offers, he offers him. He offers Richard Farnsworth to uh, to drive him the rest of the way, and he goes, "I have to do it this way. I, I'm sorry, I have to turn you down, but I have to do it this way." And you don't know really why that is, but this movie's so terrific; it's so mm-hmm. good. Oh my god, I, I it was such a breath of fresh air watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, great story is so good. It's on Disney Plus if you happen. If hmm. you happen by the way. Probably the only David Lynch movie on Disney Plus. I would wager to say is the only David Lynch movie on Disney Plus. Sure. <laughs> I wonder why he story. did this. This was uh, 99, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Of course, because everything awesome happened in 1999. That's mm-hmm. correct. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's just, it's the, it's really the only departure from the surrealist type of mentality that, Lynch has right, mm-hmm. you know, Twin Peaks, Blue Velvet, Lost Highway. Uh, uh, is it Mulholland Drive? Yeah, Mulholland Drive, yeah. Um, you know, all that stuff is just so surreal, and all of a sudden, straight story. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> could have been yeah. directed by Peter Berg or fucking well, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, anybody. It could not have been directed by Peter Berg. <laughs> um, but the that's the thing. Uh, it's it's the movie is so normal that it actually weirdly fits in yeah. David Lynch's filmography because it's weird that it's here. It's that that mm-hmm. he made that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it has mm-hmm. some moments here and there where you're like, that's a little bit Lynchian. But not like it never goes at full lynch. So. <laughs> <laughs> never go full lynching. All right, everybody. It is time to talk about better help once again. Yeah. Better help. All right. Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but mm. we're living in some weird times right now. Mm. I mm. have not you noticed. Say. I, mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you really could say are strange times, right? Like you mm-hmm. could say like, oh, man, this is really a weird environment. No, this is a Freaked up environment. I'll clean mm-hmm. it up for this ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, pandemic, weird transition of power. Uh, holidays are coming. Uh, th- things are things are stressful, folks. And and let's not pretend they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, now, people deal with stress in different ways. Some people say, you know what? I'm going to go for like a ten mile run, like our buddy Jacob Hopkins, who, if you see on Twitter, is making like ultra marathon runs and being like, wow, you know, felt really good after that. And God bless those people that do that. Mm -hmm. I am not one of those people. I am one of those people that deals with stress in probably an unhealthy way, or at least until recently. Um, I have been using better help to treat my anxiety 
and a few other things uh, for over a year now and could not be happier. BetterHelp is an online counseling service full of thousands of therapists. They're, they're actually in demand. They're still hiring more. There's over a million people that have signed up all across the world. Um, it's online counseling where you get matched to a licensed professional counselor uh, that you can access from your phone, from your computer, your tablet, your iPad, that kind of thing. And you go to your own counseling room and you can schedule things and you can uh, get you know information from your counselor. You can send messages to your counselor. You can actually do the live chats or live sessions via video or text or whatever through that counseling room. Trust me, people, um, if you're if you're feeling the, the stress of the environment, the stress of, of your own personal struggle um, overwhelming you, uh, if you're having issues with anger, with depression, uh, they have specialty with LGBTQ issues, um, they have substance issues, they have a teen counseling service, uh, BetterHelp really has you covered, and this is the time to go after it, uh, especially from the comfort of your own home. It's it's fantastic. The, um, the rise of mental health uh, concerns is shocking during... COVID. I keep seeing articles every week about how more and more people are experiencing anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes from losing loved ones, losing a job, being generally um, afraid. And I think this is a global event that should make everyone at least look at themselves and say, do I have any anxiety or depression going on? Uh, because I never asked those questions before my heart was pounding and I went to a doctor thinking I had a heart issue and found out I had anxiety. And then in hindsight, I could see 10 years leading up to that of various ways anxiety was leaking out that I just didn't recognize it at the time. Uh, and a good way to ask some of these questions is to have a session with a counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the fact that BetterHelp is remote and offers you so many different ways to communicate and connect with your counselor is just a godsend in a time like this. And the, the other concern with COVID is that people who get it, they're now showing like uh, many of them end up with spikes in anxiety and mental health issues that they met, might not ever have had in the first place. So sure. it, yeah. it can cause mental health issues in people who get it and people who are isolated to try not to get it. And I just think it's time for everybody to say, am I going through something? Could I stand to have a little bit of help from a professional? And BetterHelp is just a, a great way to do it. Yeah, and this is the time. Uh, you certainly, if you, if you don't want to go and search out somebody in your area, see if you match with them, uh, go through the, the insurance and go through the, the, the scheduling and stuff like that, sit in a waiting room for who knows how long. I'm not knocking that. If you have a traditional therapist, keep doing what you're doing if it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with better help, uh, you're able to change therapists with no judgment and with no uh, issues whatsoever. If you if you're not getting along with that uh, that therapist, um, I know I've I've had my counselor reach out to me and say, um, "Hey, it's been a minute. How you doing?" 
Mm. And, you know, that's something that you just don't get in a lot of places. Um, and so uh, I, I can't recommend this enough. BetterHelp.com. If you go to BetterHelp.com slash Sendcast, you get 10% off your first month, uh, which is which is substantial. Uh, if you're having issues uh, with payment or anything like that, let them know. Uh, they have mechanisms uh, to address that. Uh, go to BetterHelp.com slash Sendcast. But before you do that, take a mental inventory, like Jeremy said. That's a great first step. And say, like, what what's happening with me? What What's going on with me? And if you can't come up with the answer, maybe the best thing is to have an initial session with the counselor. And they'll ask you some questions. You'll be like, oh, I never thought of that. I know I didn't. Mm. Uh, and like you, you know, there were some underlying things that I didn't realize were a part of, you know, some some uh, some mental distress. So go to BetterHelp.com slash Sincast and. Uh, if you're if you've waited all this time, you've heard us talk about it before, most likely. Uh, if you've waited all this time, this is the time. BetterHelp.com slash Zencast. Do it. I got a I got a brand new one for you, you guys. Brand new. And, uh, my uh, wife the other day was. Um, I, I have to admit, as of now, it's November seventeenth, and I have a Christmas tree in my office right now. Mm. My wife, my wife has gone Christmas crazy. She. She, she like everybody, needs a little holiday cheer a little bit earlier uh, this year. So we got the trees out. And uh, she decided, I, I really want to watch a Christmas movie. And we, we go through and we've seen all of them. Uh, I, I mentioned my disdain for holiday recently. And so uh, I saw something called the Jingle Jangle on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, yeah, the, the, the title, come on. It's like any Hallmark fucking, you know, buy me a Christmas or like mm-hmm. uh, Christmas mm-hmm. fuck or whatever it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. Christmas mm-hmm. fuck was one Christmas of the best I've seen in a long time. Jesus, that that shit. They, and it was rated G somehow. It was rated G. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, uh, they had to bleep out the fuck, but like everything was G rated. The first thing they say is Christmas fuck, and then it's just a regular Christmas. Yeah, movie. the rest of yeah, the rest of the movie. But but I looked it up and uh, and I saw it, it had a very high aggregate uh, Rotten Tomato score, hmm. and I was like. Hmm. Okay, looked up the cast. Forrest Whitaker, Keegan-Michael Key. <clears throat> a few people I didn't recognize um, until I looked into uh, more deeply. Uh, Hugh Bonneville is in there for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Felicia Rashad. Um, and so uh, I was like, you know what? Let's give this a chance. Had no idea what it was in store for. Uh, what this is, is a it's a musical. And in a traditional musical, this, this could be something that you see on Broadway very easily. It's a stage production um, that's filmed as a movie. And I don't mean that in a Hamilton sense. Uh, It certainly is cinematic, but you could see this being on Broadway. Uh, Big musical numbers and everything. What struck me about this, several things. First of all, it's almost exclusively an African-American cast. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the leads are African-American, um, including uh, the dynamite uh, girls and, and women in this movie. Uh, Lisa Davina Phillip is this character, Mrs. Johnson, which is fantastic. Anika Nani Rose, who played, uh, who voiced the character in The Princess and the Frog. 
the, the princess in that, mm-hmm. uh, who's got a marvelous voice. And, uh, and uh, this uh, Madeline Mills, uh, who's a young girl who plays the precocious, brilliant uh, young granddaughter to Forrest Whitaker. And it's about an inventor, one of the best inventors of all time, framed as a Christmas story, by the way. But it's not about Santa. It's not about elves. It's not about magic. It's about uh, this inventor who's the greatest inventor. Uh, he gets his his mojo going. And he's ready to put this beautiful thing out to market, uh, which is a, a, a lifelike character who's voiced by Ricky fucking Martin. Mm. Awesome. Living La Vida Loca, mm-hmm. Ricky Martin, mm-hmm. who's spectacular in this movie uh, as a voice. And he's ready to get it out. And his assistant, his loyal assistant, steals his book of ideas. And so, so after a while, he becomes estranged from his beloved daughter. He becomes like a hermit. He turns this wonderful toy store into a pawnbroking thing. He's about to lose his lease. And he's got to come up with something spectacular. Lo and behold, his granddaughter shows up, inspires him, um, and I won't spoil the rest. This is full of musical numbers, some of which you'd see in any Broadway show, but the dancing and the choreography in this movie is very step-based. Are you guys familiar with step? Yes. Mm. It, 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 I. It's funny. I've been to two step shows, one in Cincinnati, one in uh, Atlanta. I've seen step documentaries, but still I am not f- deeply familiar with step. I know that it's used in traditionally, historically black colleges and universities, uh, especially in their sororities and fraternities, uh, as kind of like their pledge dance. Mm-hmm. Um, to be uh, honest about my ignorance what I recognized most from the, the choreography of this is from Donald Glover's or Childish Gambino's This is America, where he does a lot of African-American uh, step-based moves that you would only really recognize with that. Uh, and that is very, very unique uh, to a Broadway show. The music is spectacular. There are two show-stopping numbers, one during a snowball fight, uh, one during uh, just uh, uh, the uh, the introduction of uh, Anika Nani Rose, uh, who's who's got just a chilling voice, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's. I could not recommend this more as a Christmas movie, which I think will become a classic. I think <laughs> it will definitely when Broadway comes back. I think it will definitely be a hit Broadway show, um, and I think just in general as a movie. This is spectacular. Now, it's got a little bit too many things going on, but I don't care. It's it's a Broadway music. Maybe it could be longer. Keegan-Michael Key is spectacular in this. Uh, he's I don't know if it's his voice or whatever, but his mannerisms and his dancing is fantastic. He plays the, the grown-up assistant uh, that stole the book of ideas. Uh, Forrest Whitaker plays such a great uh, character in this. Weird, weird recommend from me, but it's a very big one. It will make you feel good, much like the straight story. It'll uh, it'll make you a. It's like a a really really good play musical that you see that you're like, I feel on top of the world at the end of this. <laughs> so nice. uh, uh, check it out. It's on Netflix right now. 
uh, Jingle Jangle. Terrible title. Uh, the the last name of Forrest Whitaker's character is Jangle. By the way, there's I, I, miss, I mentioned this Miss Johnson character who's who's really really great singer, but she's all horned the hell up for Geronicus. Like she really really wants his business mm-hmm. and even sings about it. She's got backup dancers. She's all every time she sees him, she's like Jerry, Jerry. She sings. <laughs> And, and oh my God, it's hilarious and it's lovely and I love it. This guy, David E. Talbert, has done almost exclusively Christmas movies for the past three years. Like uh, <laughs> he did all, he did almost Christmas mm-hmm. and he did El Camino Christmas and now he's done this Jingle Jangle movie. I've seen <laughs> Almost Christmas and it's not good. Uh, but, but this one, I, I think he was just, it's, it's definitely, they threw some money at it. Uh, they, the, the costumes are amazing. I rarely talk about costumes, but the costumes are spectacular in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the set work is fantastic. The production design is great. Uh, it's a, it's a really good movie. Full recommend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more recommends and warns guys. All right. <clears throat> I brought the big guns this week. I'm pretty oh, confident shit. you're both going to love, uh, the goes wrong show. And now I'm going to rec- some, recommend something. I'm pretty confident you're both going to love. The movie I saw a week and a half ago on HBO called Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Mm. And if you have seen this in flipping channels and not stopped, I don't blame you. That's not a great title. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a scene in the movie that I will tell you about that does explain the title. I'm still not sure it's the best title for the film. It sounds like one of those like Valentine's day. <laughs> Always be my guys. baby. It sounded like a rom-com <laughs> with Jennifer Goodwin in it. Um, <clears throat> it's not, it's a story about, uh, friendship and in endurance. And it's about a high school girl who has an unwanted pregnancy in rural Pennsylvania. And the actress here, um, her name is Sydney Flanagan. She's never been in anything. Mm-hmm. And she is, superb i don't know she's not been anything on the imdb i'm sure she's obviously done some acting before but the acting here if you do watch this you will see some of the most assured acting i have ever seen from a first timer i don't think that i could do a role where the camera is on me for complex emotional changes with this little experience i was floored by this girl so she goes to the nearest clinic uh, to find out if she's pregnant, she is. But it's one of those clinics that are run by Christians who are trying to dissuade you from having an abortion. Mm-hmm. And so they want to talk to her mom. and Like, my mom's working. They force her to watch this horrifying abortion movie before she leaves. She confides in her cousin, who's an actress named Talia Ryder. Uh, I've never seen her in anything, but she is in the West Side Story coming up. Um, and they decide to take a road trip to go somewhere where she can get an abortion. Um, this is after she Googles ways to try and self terminate a pregnancy and take some actions to try and do that. It's not an easy movie to watch. Um, but the camera work is lyrical. This reminded me of the writer by Chloe Zhao. Um, who also used a lot of inexperienced actors. Um, and this movie is poetry, dude. They go, they take a bus ride. They meet this guy who's pretty harmless, but hitting on him. 
Um, he says, well, we'll hook up in New York City. I'm from there and we'll party. Here's my number. Um, they go to this first clinic and it's not the kind of clinic because she's 18 weeks along and thought she was only nine. They can't help her. She has to go to a different clinic. And so there's all these obstacles in her way. And she finally gets to the clinic that can help her. And this is this is the the key shot, the key scene in the entire movie. And the camera is on this girl's face. Autumn, I think, is her character's name. This is the Sydney girl, the first-time actress. Um, for maybe five minutes, while an unseen medical professional asks her a series of questions. And these are questions like, um, I have sex, uh, never, rarely, sometimes, always. Um, mm. When I do have sex, my partner is abusive. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Mm. My partner has hit me before. Never, rarely, some, and it is brutal to watch this girl's face because you can tell the answers are all always. The answers are all oh, yes. Oh, wow. And the the acting, even if you only just watch this scene, seek it out and just watch this scene, um, because I I don't know how a first time actor can pull this off. So <clears throat> they get the procedure done. It's like an overnight thing, but they're out of money. And her cousin calls the creepy guy, hangs out with him, and eventually makes out with him, so that they can borrow money from him. And while they're making out behind this column. The, the girl who's had the abortion walks out and sees them and realizes her cousin is kissing this dude as a sacrifice and goes to the other side of the column and reaches around and holds her hand while she's oh. making out with this creepy guy. God, it's one of the most touching, powerful movies I've seen. And the reason I'm confident you guys are going to like it is I looked it up after I watched it. It's a 99 on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. I um, saw that actually as I was uh, <laughs> flipping so through. Damn near everyone <laughs> has loved this movie. Um and there's there it's it's a if you just read the synopsis it sounds like the song Brick from Ben Folds 5. Mm -hmm. If you just look at the title it sounds like a bad rom-com, but if you give it 15 20 minutes of your time, uh it's going to suck you in and it's it's just it's human, man. I really really was moved by it. So When did you see this movie? Uh, a week and a half ago, 2 weeks ago. Okay. I've heard this title before. Somebody else has recommended this movie recently. It might have been Dicer. Who, maybe it was him. I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, but I, I know I have looked this up before mm. and I don't know if it was in, I don't know if it was maybe Josh, maybe said something mm. about it or what, but uh, it's interesting when you brought this up because, uh, you know, I was not only did I look this movie up again just to see, you know, oh yeah, yeah. This is I've, this has been mentioned before, but it also reminds me. It's not the same story, but uh, there was a movie I saw on Mubi. Um, I think it was last year that they put it on, called Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days. I remember uh, you talking about that, which was the uh, a Romanian film uh, where uh, you know getting an abortion is still illegal, and uh, the uh, the uh, woman has to go and get this like you know this apartment basically a hotel abortion but there's so many different obstacles in the way of of actually getting one 
uh, uh, that, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of drama as to whether she'll be able to get it and whether she'll be able to get out of the situation without getting arrested and so on and so forth. I know it's not the same sort of deal, but uh, I was, I was hmm. thinking about that movie as well. While you're Sounds like a it. decent double feature, maybe. <clears throat> yeah. Double. That's a double feature where you're like in a, you know, I don't know. You, you want to just be sad about everything, I guess. Um, I mean, I will tell you this movie's rough to watch, but th- I, it left me uplifted more than sad, not mm. because of anything to do with her abortion choice, but because of the friendship between those two girls. Um, I, I think it is at least trying to, to leave you with a smile, even though it, it's going to make you uncomfortable along the way. For sure. Mm. I'll definitely have to make some room for this. I'm going to have some stuff to watch after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all are. <clears throat> oh Yeah. <laughs> I am uh I'm gonna wreck a warn the Sofia Coppola movie on the rocks uh oh, that came out that yeah it came out on uh, Apple TV um, I believe it's one of those many many uh movies that were slated to have a theatrical release but then you know they decided to put it on a streaming service um and uh, the, the a lot of the things about the movie like attracted me. Sofia Coppola, I don't know if she's in command of all the trailers that she makes for her movies. I think she is because her music choices are always great. Uh, and like Marie Antoinette, I wanted to see Marie Antoinette based on like <laughs> the the use of a New Order song. Well, that trailer was fucking rad. Um, oh, so good. And uh this one uh this one is actually the the song that they played during the trailer is a song from Phoenix uh that uh, has been playing on some you know, like I've heard it on Alt Nation and everything. Um I think she and uh, the lead singer of Phoenix are married. Um Ah. Um, who was she with before Jason Schwartzman? No, that's her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> was she with uh, Spike? Jo- Do you know? She was was it well, Spike she Jones. Was, she was with Spike Jones for a okay, while. Okay, but I don't know. I mean, there's a huge gap there. Of like, they, she wasn't with Spike Jones. Like, I think early 2000s. I think they had their divorce at that point and then who knows when she met the dude from phoenix you know i mean i I don't have any idea but uh but the but it looked it looked charming you have rashida jones as the as sort of the i guess as the the main lead bill murray plays her dad um she gets married to marlon wayans uh and uh we, you know, we get a, a brief glimpse of their, their super happiness as they get married and then like cut to whatever, five, six years down in the future. Uh, you know, everything's a routine now. There's not, doesn't seem like there's much, you know, passion going on. It's, they've got kids, all this. Uh, and he starts getting like really involved with work and like everybody he works with is some other hot chick. Uh, you know, like everybody's hot. Everybody <laughs> is. Uh, and, uh, and he starts working late. And so he, she starts thinking, maybe he's cheating on me. I'm not sure he's acting weird. Bill Murray plays her dad was apparently a, a pretty open serial cheater back in his day. And he thinks that Marlon Wayans is cheating as well. And so the movie is about her and he going out and um 
and uh, following him around basically to see if she, if he is indeed cheating. And so hmm. there's all sorts of like these, you know, there's all these little uh, circumstantial evidence things that keep coming up and you're like, yeah, that is fucked up um, <laughs> and things of that nature. But the reason why it's a wreck of Warren is I don't know if I give a shit about <laughs> Jones and Marlon Wayans marriage in this movie. Um, uh, that's the problem. We see them briefly happy at the beginning. And then, I mean, it's like uh, the first opening scene is like two or three minutes or whatever. And then cut to everything is normal. And like, we haven't even gotten to know these characters yet at this point. And now uh, we're already mm -hmm. supposed to be concerned about him cheating. We don't really get to know him except through her eyes, maybe possibly being a cheater. And so you're sitting there going, I don't know if I like this Marlon Wayans guy. I think he might be banging that hot chick that he's working with. And you sort of start getting that. I mean, and, and you never, and every time, every time there's a moment between them where they actually get to talk, he seems so distant. And so, you know, just, it's supposed to lend itself into this, this idea. He might be cheating the whole time, but there's never really any moment. There's like maybe a couple moments in there where you're like, yeah, okay. He looks like he's a, he's a really good father. It looks like he, kind of, I mean, it looks like he cares, but I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't really tell the, the recommend comes from Bill Murray. Of course, mm -hmm. um, Bill Murray is just a, this is, one of his easiest, lightest, breeziest roles. I mean, it's got some tough moments too in it, but uh, there's a scene where he, uh, he he talks to a cop who's pulled him over that is fantastic. Um, uh, there's a, the he how he he talks to this cop and how he's like trying to get out of this ticket that he's trying to give him and everything is uh, is awesome. Uh, and just about everything involving Bill Murray in this is fun. Uh, but you just, I don't know. I think the re, I don't know what the re, like, I've looked at the rating on IMDb and it's like a lot. I think it's in the low sixes somewhere around there. Uh, and I think the, I think probably part of that is because of, you know, maybe we don't really care about this marriage so much. It, it, I think it's, I think the, I think it's important for a movie to establish that this is a really happy marriage and that something has fractured it a little bit. Other than, oh, well, they're in a routine or whatever it is that you're, it, it, it's almost playing on the fact that you've seen, uh, something like marriage story, maybe, or mm. you've seen mm. some sort of divorce drama before. And it's like, well, oh yeah, well, that's relatable. These guys are just in a rut, you know, it's a uh, routine now and blah, 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 blah. But you don't get a chance at that point to really care about Rashida Jones and Marlon Wayans and like how they interact with each other. Uh, and why them dissolving a marriage, why him cheating on her would be such a devastating thing. I saw a review headline that said, Bill Murray almost saves this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it I sounds mean, about yeah. like what you thought. So, <clears throat> Yeah, Bill Murray is, I mean, the and that interaction between him and Rashida Jones is so great um, because she knows he was a big cheater, but it's not one of these type of relationships we see in movies where she's mad at him for doing it, you know, where it gets really bogs itself down in that type of stuff. I, I, mm. I kind of get, uh, when I see these kind of dramas where the, the, you know, Oh my God, you cheated on mom and all that. It's just, yeah. it, it, it's tiresome at times. Um, 
but this and this one's just very natural uh father daughter relationship and everything and yeah it's what's the only it's really the best reason to watch the movie and why there is a wrecka on this wrecka war wrecka wrecka okay has sophia coppola what what's the deal with her because <laughs> virgin <laughs> suicides was was really good i thought <clears throat> i think it's great i thought yeah. Lost in Translation, I think, was out fucking standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Marie Antoinette was watchable. Um, now, I have not seen The Bling Ring. Have Boring. you guys seen that? Yeah, Bling Ring's not good. Boring. It's not good? Somewhere mm-hmm. is a hot fucking pile of garbage. Uh, you said you didn't like The Beguiled, right, Jeremy? Uh, there's no, I didn't, and there's also no reason to make that movie. If we ever because you've seen that, both of them, right? Well, it's the, it's the same. She didn't change anything. Like she just changed the actors. It's like, I mean, I don't need to see that. I guess yeah. she made him a little less pervy. If you watch the Eastward version, God, you any boners you try and have will be tamped down by the uncomfortableness. <laughs> I tried to have a boner, but I, it, it was all tamped down by all the boners. Like all one of the stuff. girls is like twelve, uh, and like he doesn't like all of them are in love with him because they're in this girl's house and they haven't ever seen a man for ages because of the war. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we've already <laughs> talked like Mark Wahlberg and Julianne Moore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's a shame though, because it, it, it seems like she's kind of gone downhill with, well, I wonder if she's bought into her own. The, the child looks gorgeous. Yeah. And Marie Antoinette, I think I like less than you. I think there's no story there, but it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it is. it's so gorgeous to look at. And then the music choices are interesting. Um, but character growth or depth wise, it's just paper, that movie. And so I think she's got, God, I sound like a prick. Like I, like I know what I'm talking about. I think she's got a great eye and maybe not always the best script. <clears throat> Yeah, because she's the writer on well, a lot of knows, these, right? Most of the time, she's the writer, too, so she's not uh, much. She can still have a great eye and a bad script, even if she's the author of the bad script. <clears throat> sure. Um, the the other movie that, I mean, I don't, it's weird, like, we've mentioned nearly everything she's directed. The other one that's on this list is Somewhere. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, he no, said. No, I saw it. I said it was briefly. hot garbage. Oh, you, <laughs> you, you said that? Okay. That's the Stephen Dorff one that mm-hmm. uh, Which is, is just unwatchable yeah exactly it's it's one of the it's just a weird movie um, she also did an adaptation of uh, la traviata the opera mm-hmm. and that i've never seen and that i didn't know existed uh maybe it was a tv movie or something like that i would love to see it uh but yeah i mean after lost in translation and even marie antoinette you're right jeremy but i think i just i, I like the style uh, enough to cover the substance sure uh, and, but, uh, after that just really dropped off. And so I shouldn't give the bling ring. A, 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 I wouldn't really. waste your time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's another movie that has a great trailer, by the way. Another it, it, yeah. Yeah, it does. There's, there was a, I can find it for you. If you really want to see it, there was a short lived, uh, reality show that followed two of the girls that would later be in the bling ring and be arrested for it. But it was before the those events. Ring, right? Yeah, but yeah. it was before the, those events took place. But I watched four or five episodes of that with my wife, and I think I thought like that gave me all the insight I needed into those girls. And the bling ring added nothing. 
I know what you're talking about. I think I also watched that show. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Like it was, yeah. it would make the Kardashians blush how these girls talked and how out of touch they were. Isn't that, isn't that who they were stealing from with Kim Kardashian? Yeah, I think at least, well, Paris Hilton for sure and Lindsay Lohan. Um, I don't know if they ever stole from the Kardashians. But yeah, the this movie was sort of advertised as like Hermione's grown up and, you know, Emmy, Emma Watson's like, you know, it's completely different now and everything and and uh trailer was awesome and then i remember just i remember watching this movie going god how is this how does this suck how does this suck <laughs> well that's a shame um i'll still you know you anything she puts it, out yeah. I'll, I'll still probably give you it should time. watch it just to be a completist about sophia coppola you should watch i know, <laughs> I know. uh okay I got a, I got a, I got the first ever Recca what? Ooh, yeah. Recca what? That's right. Okay. So I started watching HBO's The Undoing. All right. Oh, because, ah, yes. Because have you guys watched any of this? I have um, not. No. Okay. Just, just heard a lot about it. Oh, man. This, this series will get you kind of fired up because it's, it's fucked up and it's not over. So I don't know how it ends. But it's already fucked up. It, mm-hmm. it, uh, so it stars Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant as a married couple. She is a successful psychotherapist, and uh, he's a successful uh, pediatric oncologist. He he cures child cancer. Okay, uh, Donald Sutherland is uh, is Nicole Kidman's father, super wealthy, and uh, those are the 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 principles. Um, it, there's, there's this wonderful actress, Matilda D. Angelis that I've never seen before. Maybe one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen, mm. um, who plays, uh, a, a woman that'll factor into the plot later on, uh, uh, who is in this is Lily Rob, by the way. Uh, is it Rabe or Rob? Do you oh, know? Rob. It's probably Rob. It's Rob. <clears throat> I have no idea. <laughs> How wouldn't it be Lily Rob? <clears throat> It's uh, she's she's been in a lot of American horror stories, which is where I've seen her uh, yeah, mostly. She's married to uh, what's his name, right? She's married to Flanagan, I think. Yes, Mike, Mike Flanagan. Flanagan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's really great, but the whole cast is really really good. But uh, so it's set in New York, and uh, so everything's happy. The kid, their kid, is going to like a highfalutin prep school and everything. All is well. And uh, Nicole Kidman runs into this this beautiful woman, Elena, and uh, whose son also goes to the school, but on a scholarship. Okay, so she's the poor, and the other ones are the rich. But the 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 poor woman is trying to fit in with the rich, and Nicole Kidman is trying to be friends with her and that kind of thing. Uh, by the end of the first episode, Elena, the poor woman, turns up dead, and not only dead, but bludgeoned disgustingly bludgeoned to death with a hammer. Disgustingly bludgeoned. Disgustingly bludgeoned. And by the end of the first episode, who's missing? Hugh Grant. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. You better call in Paddington. But how do you undo that? There's There's four episodes so far that I've watched. That is like a bit of a whodunit type of thing. Uh, but you know, why is he missing? Uh, the second episode, the whole thing is missing. Turns out he may be accused of the murder 
But why? He's he's a successful pediatric oncologist. He's shown as like the most wonderful, caring person, especially to the kids he treats and to his family ever. And so it gets progressively weirder and weirder and weirder. I'll leave the plot off for now because I've got a lot to talk about with this. Okay. You're first of all, only getting going? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. before you get going. Yeah. Just want to just want to break in and say that uh, Lily Rob is not married to Mike Flanagan. Okay. Mike Flanagan is married to Kate Siegel, who was also in the. That's I thought that's who it was. So Kate Siegel is, and uh, Lily Rob is is a uh, is uh, partners with Hamish Linkletter, who is in um, the Big Short. He's one of the guys that's in Steve Carell's team uh, with oh, Jeremy okay. Strong. Uh, but anyway, go on. Where was I at? Oh, Shit. okay. So, uh, so this movie, this uh, series is New York as fuck. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's the most New York because they're in the wealthy part of, of, uh, Manhattan. I think they're upper West side. And I think, uh, Elena and her family, uh, she's got a small baby and, and, uh, and, a a, a, a kid, the age of the other kid. And, uh, <laughs> She, I think she's in Harlem, but this is New York as fuck. Like this is uh, as New York is like fucking f- flash dance, <laughs> mean streets. <laughs> what is flash? Dance I don't even know York? if flash dance was set in New York. I don't even know if it was. That was a New York series? NYPD Blue. Yeah, uh, there you go. Ho- homicide. Life on the streets. Was that in New York? I don't know. Anyway, this this series is New York. Was probably Baltimore. Was Baltimore. I don't care. I'm just saying this this series is New York. But it's it, it, these performances by uh, Hugh Grant. Flash man. dances Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think I think possibly fame is what you were thinking. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's performing arts. Uh, Hugh Grant. Is dynamite in this. I told you people a while ago that uh, I was really looking forward to this part of Hugh Grant's career uh, mm-hmm. where he can play villainous and a little bit more range. He's mm-hmm. got so much range, dude. And in this one, so far, he's played his charming, you know, Hugh Grant self, you know, has a little bumbling, a little charming, you know, that kind of thing. He's played mm-hmm. sinister. He's played evil because he's playing an oncologist uh, who thinks he's God. All God, uh, all gods have a doctor complex. All Mm -hmm. doctors (laughs) have a God complex. Mm -hmm. Wait, I think Mm -hmm. both of those. That's still true, though. I think. So did so did what? (laughs) Just saying. I'm just joking. What did you say? I said it would be the same, right? That's still true. God's still do that doctor <laughs> okay, this, I was just making sure. Uh, uh, did 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 uh, did uh, Gene Hackman rub off on him on Extreme Measures? Is that what obviously, <laughs> obviously? Okay, okay. That's what I was because he I already mean, works around the clock. <laughs> well, yeah, he said that he he cured child cancer, so he must be like killing homeless guys to do that. Right? <laughs> uh, this guy's this guy's great. Okay, so Hugh Grant gets to act with his accent. Nicole Kidman is spectacular as always, but for some reason she decides to to play an American accent, but it's like she forgot how to do it without sounding Australian. Mm. I don't know how this happens because she spent the majority of her career playing American accents mm. with nary a hint 
of her Aussie background, but yeah. it's coming in. And it's not like she has an Aussie background in her character. Uh, uh, Donald Sutherland is as American as apple pie. So is her mom. And for some reason, she just decides, I'm going to let it kind of slip here and Isn't, there. Isn't uh, Keith Urban Australian? Mm-hmm. I think so. So maybe she's just spending too much time with her husband. I agree. She should leave that son of a bitch. I don't mean leave. I just was saying, you know, maybe she... Take a break. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you hear Australian at home all the time, I don't know. I'm just trying to give it a excuse. They uh they they hang they hanging out here in Nashville a bunch. You know, yeah, I know, I know. They, they should know they should know that America. They should be like uh, integrated into that American yeah, accent. At have a point. decent y'all in her. It's so for sure. It well, what's funny is that uh, her character gets questioned by these these two detectives who keep following her and who keep questioning her. And she's like, "Why are you questioning me, dude? I have nothing to do with any of this." Mm-hmm. And then it then it gets progressively weirder okay last thing donald sutherland is given such a meaty role in this as the patriarch almost like i haven't watched succession but almost besides the pilot almost like brian cox in succession Mm -hmm. where he chews the fuck out of scene so much so that uh this is uh uh david e kelly created it uh, but the main guy that that shoots it, main woman who sur- directs it, is Suzanne Beer. She gets right up in Donnie's face, and he will just deliver these sinister lines like he's the devil himself. He's got the eyebrows being all crazy <laughs> and everything. And God bless him. I, I could watch that all fucking day. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's a wreck of what? Because... I don't understand what this show is going for, whether it's it's trying to be a murder mystery, whether it's supposed to be surreal, whether it's supposed to be psychological horror, whether it's supposed to be a thriller. And maybe it will resolve perfectly by the end of the sixth episode, I think, which is the last one. But in the meantime, I am enjoying the ride. I would totally recommend it to you guys just for the performances and the fuck up alone. All oh, right. Wow. <clears throat> I really hard. like fuck up. I really like fuck up a dude. Seriously, uh, dude. It is Seriously. probably the best thing about most movies is fuck up a dude. Fuck up a dude. <laughs> um, okay, I think that's going to probably be it for the for the uh for the day, but uh, yeah, man, it's some uh, some interesting shit we're going to have to watch. I'm going to have to carve out some time and watch some of this uh the stuff that's been recommended today. Well, and most of us brought four possible so we'll have next week we'll have even like each have like two yeah. more good shits to recommend so. yeah uh, what is it the goes wrong show i'm gonna watch that like soon like i'm tonight. watching the i promise i'm watching i mean i only have two hours left uh because it's half an hour six episodes uh i'm watching it all today that is that is right up my ball sack like that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that is inject it right uh, i can't you, you, i mean yeah. and honestly it's not dirty either like i think your your family would enjoy it uh okay because it i mean it's smart uh but it's it's situational man it's not body it's uh <laughs> just watch it man you're gonna love it <clears throat> okay 
All right, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter, SoundCloud. We're also on uh, Discord. If you want to get on Discord, you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side of the page there. Or you can private message me on Facebook, and I will give you a link there. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I watched a lot of like comfort content too over the the last week. Yeah, and I watched the. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was with the family, by the way. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I watched the Dark Knight, uh, the the Dark Knight again. Oh, and and of course I love it. I still love it. My son loved it. Uh, but man, Harvey is such a goddamn bitch at the end of this movie. Like he comes back, and the only thing he says is like, "You took the love of my life." And like he goes after Gordon, and like yeah, it's just it, it, it's just like I'm going to take what what's best for you. And it's like, dude, all right, all right, okay. Like he should be more upset about his face than he should about Rachel. Like Rachel, I'm sure I'm sure he loved Rachel, totally. But totally. like he's such a fucking he's killing. All, okay, I understand mm-hmm. killing uh, the dirty cops. Or, or going after the dirty cops. Mm-hmm. But then, like, going after Maroney. Mm-hmm. And then the, the way he kills Maroney is fucking ridiculous. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, your driver's not that lucky. And he kills a driver. And he fucking buckles up. And it's the most horrific car crash of all time. But he's fine. He doesn't care. The point is he doesn't care. The point is he doesn't care. Because he's a bitch. Okay, okay. I'm not arguing that point, but I'm not sure he should care more about his face than his dead girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure his priorities are in order. I mean, with when the he dead started girlfriend at the top, God. when he started dating her, she was Katie Holmes, and then she turned into Maggie Gyllenhaal. No shit, know, right? And he was a different brown-haired guy who with a different name. In the <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's always implied, by the way, right in Batman Begins, that she and that lawyer boss of hers dated at some point in the past. Isn't that kind of like implied? Man, I, I haven't. I don't know Batman Begins enough. Uh, to... Yes, yes. The guy that yes. says, I "Have you seen him?" Recently. and she's like, "Who?" and he's like, "Wayne, he's back." And then he has a few more scenes, but it's always. I always felt to me like there was an implied history there of having dated. Maybe probably. I yeah, that. I would guess so. We're going through because the kid hasn't seen any of the, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And so Boy, he loved Batman Begins. Down you're not kidding man he was like after the dark night he was like is there another one and i was like yeah he's gonna love it he's gonna love it he's gonna love it absolutely he's gonna love it yeah don't, but don't, Jesus. don't worry about it he'll dig it and then that, and just focus on that fight that bane batman fight uh, an hour and a half in it's perfection uh everything else can fade away mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. for anne hathaway i love me some anne hathaway in that movie yeah she's good she's fine the only thing isn't she and, pointless in that movie, though? She's fairly pointless. <laughs> she blows up the bridge because he gives her the bat cycle. He could have done that. He could have given that to anybody. That that, um, that movie has just a whole bunch of just like, we're going to throw this in here because we can. 
Yeah, yeah. Scarecrow man. is do a judge in the bully court down under <laughs> yeah. the bridge. And, and, <laughs> see, now, I have, I've never gotten that. Now, is that supposed to be Scarecrow, or is that just Killian Murphy playing a different character? Oh, I think it's 100% the same character. Yeah, I okay. think it's Benjamin Crane. But he yeah, even yeah. shows up in Dark Knight in that yeah, parking garage arrest. Um, mm. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Yeah, you're well, yeah, he's like, that's not him. And then when he when the the Batmobile comes in, he's like, "That's more like it." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess it I guess it makes sense that you know the you know the Arkham Asylum patients are now running the entire city is basically what they're saying. But it, it just seemed weird that it was just it seemed like normal ass Killian Murphy in that in that <laughs> role. It didn't look like didn't look like he was still playing with, like the same character at all. It's, really, it's the guy from Inception. <laughs> Yeah, it's the guy from Impression. <laughs> oh, it's the guy from Red Eye. Yeah, oh, yeah. the guy from Red Eye, yeah. It seems like the guy from Red Eye. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I was like, yeah, it's probably Scarecrow, but the way they present him in that movie, it's just like, oh, it's just, you know, random-ass Killian Murphy showing up. Yeah, random-ass Killian mm-hmm. Murphy. That's mm-hmm. my favorite. R.A.C. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what's his best role? Is it 28 Days Later? Uh I love. I, I really, Murphy. I really like him in Red Eye. Well, I actually have a book, and you're going in the book. <laughs> I don't know what that's from. Death Proof. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Kurt Russell does. I just that watched whole that thing uh, scene just recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, he's like. Uh, you ever hear people say that, well, you're good in my book, or if it's in my book, you're no good. Well, I actually have a book. And he's like, That's and the I scene need- right before the, the lap dance, right? Yeah, it is. And he goes, and let me tell you something. You're going in the book. <laughs> I saw an interview on CBS Sunday morning with uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. And despite... She looks fantastic. She looks fantastic mm-hmm. in this in this interview. He mm-hmm. looks fantastic, of course. But they showed like some of their first interactions, like their first movies together. Mm-hmm. And god damn, I mean, it was forever ago. They're like they're they're immortal. Yeah. Those two. And they're still together. Mm-hmm. They had they together about forty years or so at this point. They had a Kate Hudson, and they had a they had a well, couple of other. Well, they they Kurt Russell didn't have Kate Hudson. Somebody else had Kate Hudson, but who did they have? Didn't they have one? They have they have somebody. Yeah, the guy who's in. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I know he. They yeah, did. his name's no. like Jack Russell or something. <laughs> like it's something. no, it is no, it is. Uh, oh, hold on, it is Jack Russell. I think that's a dog. I know it, it is, is, but Jack Russell's a dog. <laughs> Garcon means boy. <laughs> well, Jack Russell was the uh the lead singer for Dawkins. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I meant. Wyatt Russell and Boston Russell. Yeah, Wyatt Russell was in um God damn it. What was that? Overlord. Overlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was in twenty two Jump Street. I don't know what he was on that. He's he's been in a million things. I love that uh, part in Knocked Up where uh, Catherine Heigl's about to have the baby, and Seth Rogen gets on the phone with the doctor, and 
uh, he, he's, he, you know, he's, he's, they picked him because he never goes on vacation and all that. And <laughs> he's on vacation when she goes, when she gets into labor, he calls him up and he goes, Hey, Dr. Brian or whatever his name is. Guess what the fuck is up? <laughs> and you're not here. You're off in the vacation right now. You're fucking Tupac right now. I'm fucking killing you. You know, all that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love how that whole sequence goes because it's so realistic until like you know the 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 friends get there mm-hmm. because like ken jong shows up and she's like no yeah. and then seth rogan steps out with him and he's like no and john mm-hmm. and ken jong is like dude this is how it's gonna be and <laughs> there yeah. is no other thing the baby is coming and he's like okay <laughs> he's like he's like well he turns he's like, you could be a dick to me all you want to but just don't be a dick to her okay yeah. you know and then he, they, they have that understanding yeah yeah <gasps> it's nice i like that movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. apparently Catherine like- doesn't oh well she if you watch the movie now you realize why because um yeah she's not given anything funny to do she's uh seth rogan gets to say a whole bunch of shit to her without her really having anything to say back yeah uh when when she first said that i was like why do you bite the hand that feeds you that's stupid and then you watch the movie again and you're like oh i can kind of see what she she had a point there all the even the even the sex is set yeah. up to punchline for him where he's like it's just a style it's well, just a <clears throat> yeah. think about all the times where you're just like you can't be this dumb uh, this character cannot be this dumb where like he's like why don't we try doggy style and she goes no i don't want you to fuck me like a dog yeah and he's like no it's not fuck you like a dog it's a doggy style it's just <laughs> you know and it's funny but how does she not know what doggy style is <laughs> and there's the part two where they're talking about back to the future and both she and leslie mann don't know what back to the future is yeah like, yeah Christ. i'm sure there are people out there that don't know what back to the future is but not these characters come on yeah. No, especially not Catherine Heigl, who's working at fucking E Network. <laughs> we should do knocked up. We should. We oh should Jesus Christ! Christ. <laughs> who is it? It's Kristen Wiig, and who is the the boss? Who's the Alan uh, Tudyk? Tudyk, that's right. He's like, you know, Kristen people Wiig love is the, the pregnancy, but yeah. afterwards, Titan. <laughs> people love pregnant. Um. He's like, yeah, people people love pregnant. It's 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 weird. It's kind of gross. Kristen Wig, yeah, Kristen Wig's like, they would like it better if you you don't lie to us next time. You know, <laughs> think I, I consider us friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ah, you look beautiful. You look juicy now. Uh, I look juicy. Uh, you know this pussy is juicy. You can have this pussy. If you want this pussy, you can have this pussy. If you want this pussy, you can have this pussy. <laughs> What's the song that Nicki Minaj... Oh, I think it's the uh, Motorsport where she's like, you know this pussy as Joel C. <laughs> <laughs> it always like kills me like when people are sitting there like, it's okay, It's the song is called Motorsport. Now let's talk about all the sex we're having. So like it's like it's like you know you get you get uh, cardi b coming out there saying you know like he, she put the pussy on offset and all that yeah. and then there's like 
uh, Offset's talking about like all the women he's having sex with, and the Nicki Minaj comes out of nowhere. She's not she's not with it, the rest of Migos. She's just like in the. No, she's hallway. in a whole different. <laughs> she's in a hallway. <laughs> she probably shot her thing like in a completely different city. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and he's like, you know, you want me to go play cleanup? Okay, all right. This pussy is Josie. <laughs> Oh, speaking of pussy, you know the the wet ass the wet ass pussy the wap uh, thing. Wappy mm-hmm. wap. Uh, the wap. I called it wap when I was narrating. Apparently, it is wap, but I didn't feel good no. calling it wap every you, time. It should be called wap. It should be wet ass pussy. It's not wet ass pussy, right? But anyway, at one point, Cardi's like macaroni <laughs> in a pot. That's some wet ass pussy, and you know what that refers. <laughs> It's the sound when you're stirring macaroni in a pot, the mm-hmm. squelching. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what she means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's disgusting. I get, I've gotten, <laughs> yeah, I've gotten to the point now that if I hear something really weird in a song, it's it's something having relating to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. I also think uh, maybe she protests too much. I don't think so, man. I think she just wants to fuck. I think she really wants to fuck. Well, I think she'd be able to if she really did, and uh, she should do it. Well, she can't just fuck indiscriminately. Sounds I mean, like I she wants she to. Could. Mm. Yeah. No, she wants she wants to fuck the 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 the, huh? the reliable huh? dick. Huh? And offset is the reliable dick. Is this mm. it, where is the word honestly? Is the word reliable anywhere in the wet ass pussy song? She knows. Well, <laughs> Did, like, she, come over she's here very with your specific. reliable dick. No, I she's like your very steady job. It makes the, my pussy wet. No, mm. she's very specific about the type of dick that she needs. It's it's large. Mm. It goes like to her esophagus. Oh, and it. I don't know. She she obviously likes offsets member, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she wants. And maybe she's been out and seen the other members, and she doesn't like those members. She wants to go back to the reliable member. Well, then she could still have as much sex as she wants. I'm not sure why it needs to be the topic of every song. Maybe Offset is is like an asshole. Then make a song about how Offset's an asshole. But she needs the dick. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) 